The following program contains mature language and potential spoilers. Listeners be advised. My name is Miles Morales. From the minds that brought you the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie. This kid can turn himself invisible. Watch this. I can't do it on command. He can't do it on command. Show him the zappy thing, Miles. Can't do it on command. Can't do it on command. But he can do so much more. Just those two things. Just those two things. Into the Spider-Verse, only in theaters December 14th. quick go check out the spider-verse movie that movie is fucking phenomenal it's right up like sjw bullshit you're gonna love it like uh, i'm just gonna tell you one thing and i'm not ruining the movie for you there's a scene well you no 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 what what are the the mother's hispanic you know that right grace okay she speaks spanish she speaks spanish on the screen and i literally i took my boy with me and he looked over and said she spoke spanish i heard that several times in the theater where kids really were freaked out that a character was speaking spanish he spoke spanish and i was just like whoa that was cool one of the reasons why I was interested is I was reading a review of the movie on The Root, which uh, I think it was The Root. And that's it's a it's a black uh, website. It's mostly black men who write for it. There's some women, but it's mostly these black tech guys. And so the writer was saying that he had expected to hate the movie. He was going in thinking this is going to suck. And he was won over in part by how black it was. Uh, that he, it reminded me a lot of seeing Black Panther and being shocked at how much he saw his culture actually reflecting the movie and not just being tokenism. And also, again, the Latin element that there's, there's more Spanish spoken in that movie than pretty much any other uh, American movie you know in recent memory um, so I, I'm interested I'm just not a Spider-Man fan so that's the big and I'm not a big CGI I don't, I don't really like computer generated animation movies I'm not a Pixar guy that's the thing though this animation is not Pixar this is literally moving artwork I'm telling you there were scenes that I got a little teary eyed because I was like that is so beautiful to look at the way this the motion has happened it is so beautiful it was like artwork in motion um, everyone around me was just blown away how good it was like i was shocked because I, I i like spider-man i'm not a huge spider-man guy i like spider-man and even i was like damn this was actually really story was engaging characters were great all the characters you know they did their little bits it was fun when we walked out of people were clapping as the movie ended even the stinger people were losing their shit i was like i was surprised um and so i can't say enough good things i was shocked how much because even i I saw the previous one. I'm like, the animation looks weird. Like, I'm going to get annoyed by that. Your brain adjusts to what it's doing, and then you accept it, and then you fall into it. It's one of those things where it forces you to accept what it is, and then you have to fall into it. You can't fight it. If you fight it, you're not going to enjoy it. I just, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, and I I know you are. I can already tell it. You're going to be like, well, you know, it's actually pretty good. You're not going to praise it, but you'll like it. Okay. It's a movie about multidimensional Spider-Man. It's it's a hard sell for me, but I'm still, because it's been so heavily praised, I'll probably check it out. Can you do me a favor, Diablo Frank? What's that? Don't put the audio, the audio stripped trailer of every single. Well, in, across the Spider-Verse and into the Spider-Verse trailer in this podcast, please. Okay. Pick one. I'll give you <laughs> one trailer. You can pick one trailer and I'll let you use the Prowler audio when we're talking about that. The rest of it, no fucking trailers. Okay, so what, what, what was the issue with that one? What's, what's the pro- provocation on this? I don't know. I, I don't remember which... I think all of our podcasts, you at some point... You, got, you put at least two full audio trailers in and the trailers are like three minutes long now. So there's six minutes of just audio of a trailer. I, I don't think that's it's what happens. Much. I think what happens 
happens is I usually will, will, what I'll sometimes do is I'll take parts of one and another one and I'll mix them together. And so you might get a full three minutes out of it that way. I don't think I have too many instances where it's like just two trailers combined. It's six minutes long because I, I would get tired of that too. So probably what's happened it is it might be that I'm taking two trailers, mixing them together, and you might end up with four minutes instead of three minutes, you know, as a four instance. It's just a long time. I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting, you know, this is very low effort. I, you know, it might be two 30 second TV spots, you know, one for into and one for across. I'm not putting any effort in. I'm tired. I don't want to fuck with it. I've, I've, I've got that switch in my brain where I just, every time I was uh, going to try to approach doing anything podcasting since we hung out and even before then, really, it's just my brain is like, no, no, I don't want to. And I just like, okay, fine. You're right, brain. I'm not going to do this shit. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. You have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. I can do both. You can't run forever, kid. We are supposed to be the good guys. Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah, I'm going to do my own thing. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Theaters June 2nd. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm a legal machine. And with me is Diablo Frank. And today we're going to talk about what is this thing called? Return into to the Sp- and oh. across the Spider Verse. Yeah. Into, across, and around about the Spider Verse. Yeah. So this is the sequel to the two. Was it two thousand? Well, we, well, we're gonna. Well, I assume we're gonna talk about both because we never recorded on the first one anyway. Okay. Sure. So and right. actually, let's let's just go all the fucking way back. Like the uh, uh, ultimate line was coming out toward the end of of the time of our shop, and you're working in a shop and everything. Did you ever indulge in any of that stuff, particularly the Ultimate, since that was the Avengers of that group? No, because uh, I fucking hated it. That was all Mark Millar shit, right? Where him and Bendis were the main two him guys. Fucking Bendis. So it had to be, you know, Tony Stark's a gay asshole. Um, Captain America's a fucking piece of shit, and you know racist. what I mean. I was just like, yeah, a piece of shit, racist, nationalist. Yeah. I, I mean, the only cool thing was that uh, Nick Fury was uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Like that was the only cool thing. The rest of it, I thought the armor sucked. Uh, yeah, with the, with, with was, the weird fucking helmet, like the, the yeah. triangular looking helmet and shit. Right, like yeah, it was kind of like for that. Guardian a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. It, it did not look good. Um, and wasn't Hulk all weird too? Wasn't he, he child molester or some he, shit? Yeah, uh, he was. He was trying to like rape Betty. While that's the Hulk. what it was. And so they're like chasing her around with his Hulk dick trying to fuck her. And they're like, ah, we need to save her from this uh, murder by cock. So, yeah, it's yes. fucking gross. It was, all that shit was gross. And then yeah, they, so, that so that where, was like, all... didn't they like strip the wasp at some point or she like flash somebody her titties to get him to follow her or some stupid shit like that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, none of that was was my bag. Nope. Yeah. None of it was my bag. It was all that, uh, you know, we got to anti-hero the shit out of this Shock so jock hard. bullshit, you know. Know, look at how fucking edgy we are. Exactly. So no, I, I, that was part of me. It was, it was doing nothing but affirming that I needed to stop collecting comic books <laughs> because they were getting better creative teams than the actual like books that I wanted to read. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, so this is what it took to get a good artist and a good and quote unquote name writer on an Avengers book, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you couldn't put it on an actual Avengers book. I suffered through the fucking Crossing and Heroes Reborn. Heroes Return was a little bit better, but you know, and whatever. Anyway, yeah. And then I'm right there with you. It's like I had already been 
thoroughly disaffected from Marvel at that point. There were very few other series I was following regularly in that time period, like Black Panther. Um, I just didn't care about the Marvel Universe proper, much less an alternate edgelord version of it. Uh, it is funny, though, because so much of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was based on the Ultimates line. And I'm thankful that they chose the right things to model off of and giving you sort of a more grounded Marvel Universe until they could build up to being more fantastical. That was the aspect that they needed to take and seemed to work. I'm glad they didn't take all, all that incest stuff and all the just the nonsense. Yeah, no, I... That, that you nailed it but look brian hitch rocks like i wish i wish he would have done actual avengers or did he do mm-hmm. actual avengers i don't who, think who so. came in after who came in after perez am i thinking that was of, Kieran uh, Al- and oh and alan davis yeah alan davis, alan davis. I get yeah alan and davis. see it's, it's funny because of course uh, he started out as a clone of alan davis yep. but then he evolved into that hyper realistic style and now they don't really look a lot alike but there's still some similarities there but yeah no alan davis on avengers i'm actually pretty keen on i really like his take yep. on that team and I have actually, I ordered, if I recall correctly, an Avengers trade that uh, Paul Levitz and Alan Davis was doing, where it's more of like Avengers across time or something. So uh, I, I can kick that your way if you have any interest in that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, uh, uh, Avengers kept pretty good quality after Perez left. But after, was it Sean Chin? Who was doing Iron Man with Kurt Busiek first? Yeah, that was Sean, Sean Chin. Chin right? That's right. Mm-hmm. After Sean Chin left, it went in the fucking toilet. Yeah. Uh, when Joe Kazaya took over. Well, and didn't it was just Frank like, Thierry do it for a little bit as well? Yeah. 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 Yeah, These yeah, are not yeah. the guys you think guys. of that needs to be worked. Oh, Mike Grell had his little run on that. Yeah, Grell came in and it was like, uh, maybe. And it was like, eh, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, Mike Grell is not, uh, he's not, you know, well, that's Brian not the last. That's he's one of the, well, I mean, he wasn't drawing it either. I mean, Mike Grell's a famous artist. He's a writer that I think people tolerate for the artwork more often than not, you know. He's not like, he's never been a hot writer. You know, people buy the books that he writes that he also draws, not so much the other stuff. Yeah. I, well, I think he might have done some like, no, did he even he really, do I, any he, of I think the, he did a little like, bit of art like, like maybe some covers or something, but he didn't do, do any of the interiors. That would have been kind of interesting, but he's not a shiny artist. He's not somebody who would put a gleam on the Iron Man armor. So, yeah. Ryan Odagawa, is that who it was? Mm, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay, yeah That's yeah, one of those guys that was around that time period that everybody forgot afterwards. That was definitely a guy around okay so yeah no was not an was not an ultimate guy but you were 100 correct that uh, there are a lot of elements especially with cap's costume things like that that were very ultimate mm-hmm. and then you know you had the rather popular run of brian michael bendis and mark bagley on ultimate spider-man which is of course the retelling of the the origin in a more modern context which i don't think had much of an influence on the raimi movies but i do think it had an impact on the uh, Andrew Garfield stuff and ultimately the Ultimates kind of wore out because they basically took all the stuff that worked for the Ultimates and put that into the proper Marvel Universe and all the dumb shit they sort of left behind and it sort of ate itself and like all the stupidity just sort of like compounded until the the line essentially imploded with the Ultimatum plus bringing in Jeff Loeb is always a bad idea if you want to maintain a universe and I think part of that was that they killed off the Peter Parker of the Ultimates line because it just didn't make sense to have that many Peter Parkers around, especially since Bendis was a lot more true to the lore of Spider-Man than the other guys, particularly Mark Miller, was to X-Men. I think Robert Kirkman had a run on there at some point, too, and he was doing grimdark shit as well. And so they killed off Peter Parker, and then they brought in this new kid, Miles Morales. And I don't even know if you were still like involved with comics by the time he came in. Was that even a thing in your time? No. Yeah. I think that was after... After the shop had already closed. I think I remember seeing that talked about when I was going to somebody else's shop before I gave up on going to comic shops at all. And, uh, you know, he's like, okay, cool. They got this kid. It's a black kid. He's got a different costume. Uh, they're trying to do something different with Spider-Man. Cool, cool, cool. 
I don't give a shit about Spider-Man. I don't really give a shit about the Marvel Universe, especially at that point in time. And so it just never was relevant to me. And so uh, there were definitely people who talked about how cool he was and, and liked him and supported him. And he was so popular that they folded him into the main Marvel Universe, along with a few other Oz and Sods elements. Uh, so there's still a bit of Ultimates in the Marvel Universe, but I think they finally fully consolidated that stuff after Secret Wars, the, the remake. And so he's just been there. He's just another guy that happens to have Spider-Man type powers. And they started doing that thing too, like with Superman, where you've got all these different variations on the same thing. There's so many spider characters now. Like, are you familiar with all these different spider characters that have been introduced in the last 10, 15 years? I mean, I know about like Spider-Gwen, which I think is one of the top like five worst superhero names in the history of all of comic books. Well, it was something um, that was supposed to be disposable. Like if they thought that character was going to have the longevity that she had, that would not be the name they chose. That was supposed yeah. to be, you know, she was supposed to like probably die again or something. I don't think she was supposed to stick around. It's fucking, it, it reminds me of, and you know, I hesitate to say it, it's like the Houston Texans, our mm-hmm. football team. Ugh, so terrible. One of the stupidest fucking names I've ever heard in my life. It, it, oh, it really rolls off the tongue. Well, yeah, it's because you live in Houston, Texas. Right. And that's really close to Houston Texans. That's the only reason it rolls off the tongue. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Spider Gwen, instead of Spider Man, it's just her. Shouldn't he be Spider Peter? Right. Like, what? <laughs> it's the stupidest shit ever. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Taking anyway, us down to so a bad place already. Yeah. But, but when I hear about that, I'm like, ugh, you know, eye roll. I think any variation of the Spider Man costume looks amazing because the actual Spider Man costume looks so amazing. And mm-hmm. as long as you keep the eye element and you keep some webs on it um, and then you keep the motion the same every fucking costume is going to look pretty cool and i think spider-man 2099 galvanized that it doesn't matter what you do to that costume as long as it looks kind of like spider-man's costume it's going to look amazing mm-hmm. um so i really i like spider uh, spider gwen's costume i like the hood so when i, I was like wow that's a really dumb name looks cool right mm-hmm. and i'd heard about miles morales and his costume looks pretty cool you know um and then i heard you know it, but to me that's been way more palatable than like the deadpool universe where there's mm-hmm. all these stupid fucking deadpool versions. right gwenpool uh, you know the, the yeah the, right, right. The, the Gwyn from a yet another alternate universe that became a Deadpool instead of a Spider-Man. Fucking kill me. Way Fuck. more eye rolls for all that junk yeah. than I do for any of the Spider-Man stuff. I mean, there's always been, you know, I, the uh, the Clone Saga was my heyday of comic book collecting. So mm-hmm. multiple Spider-Men existing is not some weird alien thing to me. Um, well, and, then, and Venom. Venom was just a spinoff of Spider-Man, right? He's basically just the evil Spider-Man. Yeah. This is not a new thing for, for Spider-Man. So yeah, you, you oh, Spider-Woman, Spider-Girl, they're all over the They've always been all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't have a problem with it. I just was like, you know, Spider-Gwen specifically worst fucking name I've ever heard but I, I didn't have a problem with her existing well and it's also one of those things where it's like Captain Marvel where you can't call him Shazam because if he calls himself Shazam by name then he loses his powers right <laughs> so it's like your name is Spider-Gwen but you can't ever call yourself Spider-Gwen nobody can call you Spider-Gwen in public so it's just a fucking useless name um, and I, I don't know if you know but they've started trying to call her Ghost Spider so we'll see how that well that takes off don't fucking care Continue. right don't care don't really care yeah so this movie came out in 2018 did you see it theatrically? No. Yeah, none of us were rushing out to see this. I think Fix is the only one who actually saw it theatrically. I talked to Paquita, and she swears that we saw it in a theater, and it's possible, but I have no recollection of that, and it's weird to me that I would have seen that in a theater and we wouldn't have recorded something on it. I, it, I feels like that's the sort of thing I would wait for home viewing on, but the one thing I do think might make her correct in my mind 
is the Prowler effect. That booming boom yeah. sound that you get with every other Prowler. I watched the movie again on TV and it just is not the same as it was the first time I saw it. So maybe I did see it theatrically, but um, not not on purpose. It must have been that they got so much praise that maybe that drove me to check it out in the theater. Well, I mean, I think you, there's two branches to this. It, it could be you saw it. We didn't talk about it because you hate Spider-Man. The other uh, possibility is that you didn't see it because you hate Spider-Man. So unfortunately, we're still left with the same question. <laughs> well, um, I, I will say that having seen the first movie, I was impressed enough by it that I was inclined to want to record on it. And it just and the timing never worked out. So that was that was definitely part of it. How long did you wait before you saw it? A long time. Oh, yeah. Long time. I, I may not have seen it until 2021. Wow. Oh, OK. Like a, like a long time. A long like. And, and I mean, spoiler, I waited too long. Mm. I, I waited too long. I, I you know, anyway, I'm not going to Mr. Fix it. I don't know if you want to recap the movie or I'll talk about it. Or it's nah. been out for so long. Nah. 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 I, 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 I love I love Into the Spider-Verse. It's it really it's, so it's, good. It's, I was, given how much I hate Spider-Verse. Spider-Man and all that mythos, the way that his stories are told, the type of character he is, the friendly neighborhood guy, the low stakes, accidental hero stuff. I hate that shit, but it was really good here. You know, it actually really worked in this movie. So good. And and then, you know, we'll talk about it with, with across the return to the Spider-Verse or whatever. It's uh, visually, it's just a jaw-dropping movie. Mm -hmm. Just nothing even close to that thing well, in what, animation. Actually what, made Every, me, what I thought about a little yeah. bit was the Angley Hulk and like him try, he was trying to do something like what they ultimately did and like night and day it's so much better done here where you capture so much comic bookisms in a way you just cannot do in live action but it works so perfectly and they take comic book shit and make it cool. Yeah, it's like it's like if they gave James Gunn five hundred million dollars to make an animated movie, right? Like the soundtracks banging, the uh, the the art is like something that nobody else would have thought to put. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's so this some of the stuff James Gunn comes up to is just like there's no way a normal studio would have come up with that. You need a comic nerd to have done this, but also a music nerd to pair the music with the comic book because that was a whole other layer to uh, uh, into the Spider Verse was th the music is. Just just great. Uh, the vibe is amazing. The story is a story. I mean, it's not like, although it, it was it's a, it's a Spider-Man origin story. It's a different Spider-Man. And so there's tweaks to it and it's definitely modernized, but ultimately it's still the basic Spider-Man origin story. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's his uncle dying, but it's not uncle Ben. It's uncle criminal prowler. Right. Um, it's a good thing. The black guy wasn't uncle Ben. Let's just say that. Oh, yikes. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Edit that out. Say uncle the kingpin amazing in that movie uh just everything about it was just great mm -hmm. even like the weird stupid multiverse leaps that you should be rolling your eyes on you're just you're just completely bought in who cares well, right that, and, uh, it's and great you're definitely not seeing the female dr octopus coming you're not even expecting what's king who's doing amazing in this? yeah uh they've got tombstone like, in the mix i've always loved tombstone that's a guy who never gets representation in media so even though he doesn't do a lot in the movie i'm still like look it's tombstone yeah uh, and, and he looks awesome uh proudly the the prowler noise is iconic. You know, even I my, even wonder... my kids, my yeah. kids watched this um, a couple months ago for the first time. Then when they watched it again, uh, getting ready to go see um, Across the Spider Return. What the fuck is this thing called again? Return to Spider Verse. In, into the Spider Verse. Uh, is the into the Spider Verse. Yeah. The first. No. Yeah, but but to be prepared for Across the Spider Verse, we watched it again. And like my, my oldest was just like, "What's that sound?" Whenever the Prowler comes on, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "That's the sound." 
and I was like, well, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's look it up. So I, w- I was playing the sound for off uh, YouTube. Like, there's just that sound effect on YouTube. And he's all like, why does it do that? And I'm like, that's just his sound when he comes on screen. I mean, so the, I mean, you you mentioned it too. Uh, this is like a random seven year old kid, and even he was like, couldn't get that noise out of his brain. That's how great. They, well, they paired it's kind of like sounds that with Christopher uh, Nolan woo sound you get that they used in all the trailers because it just like yeah. fucking between that epic headspace and it's like he probably had his own and it's fucking cool as shit and I, I wonder a little bit too because especially with all the, the purple they mixed into there and the way his his body motion stuff I'm wondering if maybe there's a little bit of influence on what they ended up doing with Black Panther I know that they came out the same year but animation takes a hell of a lot longer than live action and I kind of wonder if maybe they bid a little bit off of Prowler for Black Panther mm. Eh, bit of a leap, but I mean, whatever floats your boat. Um, As you have to say, yeah, I mean, too, I, I've always had a kind of a soft spot for the Prowler. Uh, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was before or after my grandmother died, but I was i was going through one of her closets. I think she might have been in the hospital at the time. And I found what must have been one of my uncle's old Spider-Man comics. And I think it was Amazing Spider-Man 93 or maybe 80 something. I don't know. Anyway, it was like one of the early appearances of the Prowler. It wasn't his first appearance, but it was like, like second or third appearance or so. And he's cover featured as a John Romita uh, senior issue. And he just looked really cool. I liked the purple and green. He was kind of otherworldly. And, and he had the claws at a time when hardly anybody had claws. And so it was much more novel. And even though I'm finding this in you know the late 80s or so, it's still like one of the oldest and coolest comic books I'd had at that time period. And to uncover this thing was such a surprise because my uncle wasn't a Spider-Man guy at all. He was you know, in the trippy head, head drip character. So I don't even know why that comic book ever was in the house at all. Um, but but because the Prowler's in it and because it's such a cool cover, seeing him so well represented in a movie, you, you know, it, it spoke to me personally because that was part of my own childhood, you know? Yeah, in the Prowler, I, I've never been into the Prowler in the comic books like you were, but... Uh... Well, he's, uh, he's a much storkier character so, in the comics than he was in the movie. The movie, the movie, he's a fucking badass. Yeah, whereas I've always thought Tombstone looked awesome in the comic books. And then he looked, they did nothing to change his look for the movie because he, <laughs> in fact, looks fucking awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, that movie's awesome. I was very much anticipating this movie, but also was trying to figure out what the fuck's taking so long. Like, why is it taking you so long to produce this next animated movie? Everybody, because I think it was like, didn't it win best, an Academy Award for best animated? Uh, I know it was uh, nominated. I don't know if it won or not, but it was definitely nominated. And again, nobody expected this because the movie, like in it, when it came out, it did not blow the doors off in any way, shape or form. I think it made came out in like the high, 30s and initially um which is you know fucking nothing and what happened was it had legs as people saw it were like oh my fucking god you need to see this movie and that might have been my situation maybe it was like weeks or even months down the line and i finally like okay fine i'll go see it so i was like holy shit you guys are right this is incredible um but it just had legs it lasted for a long time and it ultimately made something like 300 million 350 million or so but it wasn't something that was an immediate hit so even if like it wasn't like you know how they you could maybe be starting on the sequel almost immediately i think they probably had to wait a little while before they realized oh this is this is our thing we, we actually should probably do a sequel to this and of course they couldn't just do one sequel they're basically doing two movies simultaneously and they're continuing to work on the second half so that when it comes out next year um or for all i know it might actually be finished at this point and they just have it all in the can already but it took a long time to do basically two additional movies and try their best to top what they'd done previously which was no mean feat because that was a serious high bar that they set there it did win for best animated feature. Nice. The controversy was that it wasn't nominated for best film. 
and P- I, there was a mm. s- like legit push that it should have at least been nominated for best film. And because I'm hearing the same thing for this latest movie too, that it's like, are you going to snub it again? Are you going to just put it in the? Because obviously, it's going to win best animated movie. Mm. Obviously, one would hope. Uh, just for, for I mean, how audacious on. it is. It's it's literally, right. you know, five years later, it's as audacious today as the first one was in its day. But it's it's right. at a whole other level in the second movie, though. No, yeah, totally. totally. So uh, it'll be curious to see what... Uh, oh, yeah, see, when I Google it, it even says, was Into the Spider-Verse nominated for Best Picture? Like, people are even asking it out there. So, um, or Google's listening to me. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a little bit of both. But yeah, I thought the first one was great. I've rewatched it. Uh, and again, I'm not a big Spider-Man either, guy either. I've probably rewatched Into the Spider-Verse more times than I've rewatched like uh, certainly any of the MCU Spider-Man movies. Um, I've definitely more than the Andrew Garfield movies. Mm-hmm. I think just because of how long they've been out, I've probably seen Spider-Man one and two more times. Mm-hmm. But even then, I'm not sure. Right. I'm not so sure. So I anyway, I pro- probably four or five times I've seen it. Yeah. Awesome movie, love it, dig it. And so we, as opposed to last time, we actually saw across the Spider-Verse a sequel opening weekend with the hopes that all three of us would get around to recording on it didn't really work out that way um but you know we showed up and i you know we talked about it having seen movies in a post-covid era most of the time i can catch a showing with very few people and i had to actually work to find a showing with a few enough people for me to be comfortable but there were still multiple times the number of people i would normally be used to seeing in the movie theater so i knew immediately this thing was going to make some serious bank yeah it it had an old school vibe where when we got to the movie theater there were people like hanging around in front of the movie theater like by the box office like i'm pretty sure they were trying to figure out when there was a showing to get a ticket for and i'm like oh that's weird that that weird kind of buzz and we saw it at 12 30 on uh on a saturday so it was still a matinee and there were like people hanging around the box office out front and like 90 degree weather and i'm like oh this movie's gonna make a shit ton of money <laughs> this movie's gonna make a lot of money if i mean certainly the opening weekend um yeah and i ideally you know i'm an old man i like to sit in the recliners i would like to have comfortable seats i don't mind paying for an upcharge if i can be someplace where i'm happy to be and all those showings were just too full you know they, they were all like three quarters full at least all the good seats would be taken and so we ended up going to the fucking bargain basement shitty ass you know, rat hole theater. And there were still plenty of people in there. The problem being is once again, I had trouble gauging how far we were from the screen. We were way too fucking far. And we just happened at the time we bought the tickets, there was nobody else in our row. So sometime between us buying the tickets at the theater and getting, going to the concession stand and getting into the theater, somebody bought two tickets to the right of us, presumably, unless they were just fucking sneaking in there, which I wouldn't put past them because motherfuckers were talking in full regular speaking voices during the opening, uh, uh, half hour of the movie or so plus i could hear them pouring what i would assume would be some sort of spirits into their cups so they were probably drunk off their fucking asses to boot and just complete fucking dumbasses so after about half hour or so we finally were like okay i'm done with this shit and we moved closer to the screen there was enough room for us to get away with doing that without anybody getting mad uh but this is still like the shitty shitty ass theater and we still were having to kind of negotiate the audience uh we saw it in like the real d xd turbo t1 ninja super screen <laughs> that was like it's like right below IMAX mm-hmm. um, with like the sound system that like freaking blows your ass out or whatever. Like it's the it sound is insane in this theater. I keep every time we have one of these podcasts and I see a movie in that theater, I'm like, you guys have got to come down and see a showing that theater. The sound is amazing in this theater. 
Um, we sat sort of in the middle, kind of towards the back. Screen's so big, doesn't matter. Um, from the time we bought tickets, there was, I would say, it was maybe half full. That shit was packed for our 12.30 show. 12.30 matinee on a Saturday, thing was packed. There may have been some front row seats that weren't full, but the rest of the, the we, we were we were surrounded by people. Um, it was... Uh, well represented. And if you went to the IMAX showing, they were giving away full size Bill Sienkiewicz posters with that. I when, I when we went to the theater, I don't know if the girl had actually gone to an IMAX showing or not, but we saw a girl taking one of the posters and she's walking around with this full full size unfurled poster, you know, against her body. It's like, man, I, it's not worth it to me to have to deal with that shit. But you know, remember when we saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy? They gave us a little cute little print. No, this is a full size movie poster they're giving to people. Yeah, this bootleg Cinemark we're at. Uh, we walk in and I was. I was trying to look for the popcorn bucket. They had the Shazam 2 popcorn bucket up there. <laughs> still. Because, of course, they still have those all. They probably had already sold out of all their Spider-Man stuff on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all they had left were, and you know, of course, there's no Fast and the Furious stuff left. There's no Guardian stuff left. Let's put the Shazam 2 <laughs> tins back out, dude. Oh my, the people probably left in the theater. They probably just cleaned them out. <laughs> oh my god! It was it was it was worth it for them not to have a commemorative bucket, just for them to have that terrible bucket. <laughs> so, as far as the actual viewing experience, you know, uh, what what did you think about the movie once you were actually in there? Uh, I thought it was. We're not going to do a lengthy recap, folks. No, nope. because I'm sure everyone listening to this has probably seen it. Um, I I thought um, okay, we'll start animation since that's the most obvious thing to talk about. I Like you kind of intimated earlier, I think it was even better than the last movie. And what I really was paying attention to was that each of the different universes had their own... Like Gwen's universe is like uh, almost watercolor or oil paint. Yeah, it has that 60s style to it, that sort of pastels and such. Yeah. And I think what they were doing is the, the guy who designed her costume, the Spider-Man costume, which I've, I've always thought was a fantastic costume and relatively easy to... the cosplay as so i've seen it being cosplayed almost immediately after it was introduced and it's just a beautiful mix of colors and obviously they're more feminine colors but they're not like you know i'm wearing all pink you know it's not like my little pony spider woman you know but it felt girlish in, in a way that was still kind of cool and contemporary and tough and uh, that's robbie i think it's the name's guy the fellow's name is robbie rodriguez he'd also done a book for image called federal bureau of physics and it was a, a really nice looking book i like his artwork i think he got canceled though because he got pissed off at some mega guy and tweeted out a picture of his own asshole and uh, I, I don't think he's worked a lot since then but that I, that was his style i think being reflected in the movie oh uh, that was a lot to take in there um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I agree. So it looks like they were doing, uh, and so then, uh, then obviously you had like the Shakespearean Leonardo da Vinci style, uh, vulture and he was in his sort of sketched, uh, you know, sketch drawing. He's look. functioning in black and white. And then, uh, Miles Morales uh, verse has sort of the, like, uh, what's the old, like, it's not zipatone. It's that old method of print where they all see, they kind of have oh, like sure, the, the color dots. dots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The color dots. Their whole universe kind of has the color dots a little bit. Um, anyway, I dug that each of the worlds have their had their own animation style, which I think that like that's just another level that none nobody would ever consider that shit. Like they wouldn't, I don't, you know what I mean? It, it's a level of detail that I don't think most people would appreciate having to do because they were like the audience is not gonna like get enough out of it to make us have to design individual worlds at even the uh, type of uh, medium and media used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that they did it and they it's just so awesome. Well. And- 
and you look at something like Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. You know, you got that one little brief sequences where he's going through the different dimensions and there's like liquid version, cubist version, so and such. Doesn't really not to much. Mostly it's about, hey, look, we have pizza balls in this universe. It's really fucking lame multiversity. And it's just so much more well thought out and so much easier to represent in animation than it is in live action. But the effort was also there too. They could have probably done something like that similar for film. You've got different types of film, film stock, different lenses, different cameras you can use. There's a bunch of tricks they could have used that they didn't because they were just willing to let the special effects guys do their thing for a few seconds at a time and then the rest of the time be lame shit. This movie is like, no, it's it's very well thought out. It, I, again, you see the five years of effort here because it's an yeah. evolutionary leap. And and it, look at like even Miguel O'Hara. They never say Spider-Man 2099 in my recollection. I don't think they make reference to him being from the future. But it just so happens that he always operates within the futuristic Spider-Verse that very much recalls a sci-fi milieu. And so it's like, okay, well, it's, it's still represented even when it's not explicit. And, and so to, that goes to my next point about the animation is that when Spider-Man 2099 is chasing Miles through the 2099 verse, that I, I was in my head, I'm like, this is the most comic accurate animation I've ever seen in my life where it was like each scene like I think where he's like uh he's like slamming I don't know, it's they're on like that uh the train to the moon or whatever mm-hmm. uh when they're going on that and he's like clawing his way after miles to me those were literally like I was looking at comic book panels it's hard for me to explain but it was literally like that is exactly how an artist would draw it but for some reason it's moving <laughs> and like my, my brain where it's like whenever they try and they try and make animation as real as possible like like, you know what I mean? They're trying to mimic the way two humans would interact. Not, and not like rotoscoped, but you know what I mean? They're trying to do faux rotoscope. Right. Whereas this was, no, they're trying to mimic a comic book. This is exactly how the action would look in a comic book. And that's those are just two different things. And I, I can't put my finger why, but like I had my heart like had this weird flutter during that scene where I'm like, this is a com- this is a comic book. The way they were flashing between the others to, to Gwen and the other Spider-Man, they're, and they're flashing back to Miles uh, and... Uh, What's Spider-Man 2099's name? Miguel Miguel. Miguel. Mm -hmm. Especially Miguel and Miles. Uh, The way they were flashing from there to there, it was like panel transitions in my brain. And I'm like, this is the weirdest shit I have ever experienced. And it's just, it's got, it only comes from a group of folks that are absolutely dedicated to this uh, universe that they've built. Like they are 100% in. They're not just churning at a sequel that looks like the first one to make some more money. Like, no. They didn't settle. They were like, we we didn't we didn't go far enough last time. How do we make this more like an actual comic book on the screen? Um, and I I was just I was floored by it. Um, well, and it, you got that great balance too because obviously it's it's very stylized. They've they've grounded it in a, a reality where it feels material. It feels real. You, you feel like there's real stakes, but it's also stylized the way a comic book artist would be where like Joe Matarera doesn't look like Joe Quesada doesn't look like George Perez. They, 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 they don't represent reality. They represent their vision of a reality. That's not, you know, picture perfect photorealistic Neil Adams kind of stuff right so they, they're able to incorporate that stylistic quality and it makes it more believable than if they tried to render it in super detailed CGI tried to make like fucking Final Fantasy Spirits Within kind of shit where it's like Uncanny Valley levels of attempted reality it's like no they, they've got that just that perfect balance where it's it's real but it's also stylized and so you can do everything within this that you would want to do in a comic book movie yeah to- totally down with it um, again 
I didn't expect them to go even. I didn't expect to be more impressed than I was in the first movie because I've now seen it before and mm-hmm. I was somehow more impressed. I, I don't know. It was, I don't know how they did it. It was, it was awesome. Um, well, what's funny to me too is I, I didn't have a chance to watch Into the Spider-Verse again before seeing Across the Spider-Verse. So uh, what I did, we, you know, I, and I've only seen it the one time. Both movies I've seen well, okay, the, I've seen the uh, Into the Spider-Verse twice and Across the Spider-Verse once. And so I watch Across the Spider-Verse, and while I'm watching it, I'm still doing a little bit of review of it. I'm like, I'm not sure which one I like better. And then watching Into the Spider-Verse that later that same day, it's like, no, 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 Across the Spider-Verse is a better movie. Like, Into the Spider-Verse was so daring and so fresh and so new when I watched it. And upon re-watching it, the Spider-Man-isms and the originisms are still really prevalent. Like... You know, I, I I always had problems where I liked the Miles Morales stuff. I liked his relationship with his uncle. I liked his relationship with his parents. What always kind of bothered me about the first movies when they got into the Spider-Verse stuff. I, the fucking Spider-Ham and Spider-Man Noir and them all ganging up and jump trying to jump in the kid. And just not feeling like proper representations of Spider-Man type characters and, and forcing shit to make it work for the story they want to tell rather than being more natural and, and, and playing to those characters and how they should actually be and stuff. I just really didn't like the multiverse stuff in the first movie. I really just wanted to focus on Prowler and and Miles. And then rewatching it, because so much of it is cliches, they're fresh takes on cliches, but it's still pretty cliche. It just made me appreciate Across the Spider-Verse more because they they weren't there wasn't a formula there. I mean, there's a little bit in the terms of we're gonna have a little bit of fun and do a little bit of cartoony stuff. And now that we've already introduced the characters, we've got a little more leeway, we can take a little bit more time to do stuff. But it was just much fresher and and just much less reliant on tropes than the first movie was. So like, and and then visually... After watching Across the Spider-Verse, some, sometimes I was overwhelmed. I thought it was almost too much. It was like like frying my synapses and like too ADHD. Uh, just, um, it was making me tired at times because it was just so much. But then having seen that and been so overstimulated and then going back to Spider-Verse, it's like, it's a little slow by comparison. It's a little, like, it's not as, it, it's come across as more basic after seeing Across the Spider-Verse. It's just so much bigger. And sequels are always trying to, oh, we're just going to go bigger and that's going to be enough. But I really do think Across the Spider-Verse is also better. It's just more innovative, more thoughtful, um, just more of everything in a way where, yeah, it can be somewhat overwhelming at times, but overall, I know I'm going to go back to that movie more often and try to find so many of the little things they've got in there that I probably would have missed the first time. And I'm just going to be able to enjoy watching that and rewatching that more than the first one as good as it was. Yeah, and so I haven't gone back to rewatch Into the Spider-Verse, obviously, since this movie kind of just came out. You already did it. You get bonus points for that. Um, but I was going to say there is something to, there's a positive to the simplicity of the first movie. Where is the, like you said, the next movie is like overstimulation times a trillion, right? Like it's just that the movie is just on crack the whole time. Um, like the, the, the very first confrontation with the spot, for example, where you're just falling through holes and punching through holes and he's punching through this hole and it's hitting this dude. And that's a gag. And it's like, that gag was so fast. You barely even caught it before you move on to the next gag. Like it's just nonstop. The whole, and the whole movie kind of continues that it just is going and going. There's a couple of little parts, you know, where they pause, uh, with his parents trying to figure out where miles has been going and the grounding and all that stuff, which kind of calls back to the first movie again, that same pace. 
But those moments are few and far between compared to the first movie. So I kind of, without having watched it again, I'm giving it some credit for being a little more simple. As much as I'm with you, some of the Spider-Verse stuff there, I almost forgot about. When The next time I watched it, it was sort of like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot we got to get Spider-Ham in here. And we got to get, I, I kind of forgot about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this movie is all Spider-Ham. It's all 15 versions of Spider-Man flying at a million miles an hour. And Peter Parker's got a baby strapped to his chest and he's in a bathrobe the whole, you know, and then Ben, Ben Riley's showing up and he's brooding and overhatched and overrendered. And then he's goofing that he's overhatched and moody. Like, and it's <laughs> what is like, like he literally looks same... like a Tom Lyle drawing for a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah, no, I think the whole time he is, he's got his own, he's got the Tom Lyle uh, animation style and they stick to it through the entire rest of the movie. Uh, and, but while I'm trying to soak that up, there's like 15 other things. And I'm like, did I just see armored, the armored spider in the background? Was that the, uh, Tom Holland, Iron Man armor in the background? Like I, I'm like freaking out. Cause there's so much stuff going on. Um, so it's sort of like two sides of the coin. Both are good, but they're just so opposite from each other that the, the pacing of the movie is just going. And then throughout it, I'm like checking my clock. Cause I'm like, this movie's like, it's gotta be almost time to be over. This is a two hour movie. Right. Right. With and that's, that's something, even at the very beginning, I was like, did we just spend like 15, 20 minutes on Spider-Gwen and now we're doing like 15, 20 minutes on Miles just like establishing where they're at at this particular point in time. And I do have to say I loved, especially having watched the first one and going back to the second one, the the drumming, that how they they use Gwen's drumming as the soundtrack to her like explaining where her life is now and where she's, what she's been up to, like how she became Spider-Gwen and then what she's been up to since meeting up with Miles and stuff and that fucking whiplash drumming going on, it's like really was pumping me up for the movie but then once they spend all that time with Spider-Gwen and then they go right over to Miles and do another episodic thing with him a setup thing with him it's like fuck man we're like a half hour 40 minutes and this movie hasn't even really started yeah, yet uh, exactly. I, I did feel the length like that it's a long fucking movie but there's a lot in it so you start to forgive it, the, it that after a while because the stuff is still really good you know yeah no I, totally uh, but it, this movie is not complete <laughs> so I can't and that's the problem this movie has a hard cliffhanger this is not uh, Infinity War where the movie actually resolves mm-hmm. and then you have a point to build off it for the next movie this movie is legit to be continued yeah the, <laughs> like, the, the, this the the back to the future part two energy of this shit was for real but also yeah. with five different fucking endings like Lord of the Rings on top of like we, it wasn't enough for them to have one cliffhanger it's like no we're gonna do five different things to set up for the next movie it's like couldn't you save this for the next movie I don't know if we needed all of this build up right now after we've already spent two hours and 10 minutes in this fucking movie let's do another 15 minutes of but also this happens and also this happens also this i was like fuck guys save something for the sequel right so i feel like as long as the next one is a buck 45 a buck 55 you know and the two of them together right like if the next one is in three hours and i'm like come on you had five hours to tell the story. I'm going to change my tune a little bit. But if I can sit down and watch them both in a reasonable amount of time and watch the whole story play out, um, the whole quote unquote sequel play out, I will be a little more forgiving for that. But I, to me, this was like an egregious uh, stop of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, no resolution to a single fucking thing. Uh, I mean, and and not, maybe and not just Gwen no resolution to the things they'd already set up, but they're like, oh, by the way, here's three more things we're going to set up right here at the fucking end. It's like, no, stop. I've, I'm, no, no, you're no. set. You're set. No more setup. Please stop. But. 
the movie was so good. I'm also like not mad mm-hmm. because I want to see more of this. Uh, like I want more Miguel Spider-Man 2099. Like I I, I want more of this. I, I want to see more of this. And that's so, one thing that's kind of cool too is there's not really a bad guy. Like there's there's no reason to think that Miguel O'Hara isn't in the right about what he's saying. Like it, it, we've already seen what happened to the Indian Spider-Man universe and how it fucks shit up and, and it's causing damage to the multiverse and he's trying to stop that sort of thing from happening. There's no reason to think that he'd be wrong with regard to what's happening in Miles Morales' universe with his dad. And but but at the same time, what do you think that Miles Morales is going to roll over and let his dad die? So it's like you you can side with everybody. It's a very civil war kind of situation where it's like it's very easy. You can choose a side, but you can kind of see everybody's perspective too. They they are all coming from the right place to a large degree. You can you can absolutely sympathize with where everybody's coming from. Well, spot the spots the bag. Except the spot, but, which uh, is and he, he's pretty ridiculous too because he goes from such a, a lameoid to like full megalomaniac psycho pretty much on a dime. Yeah, in like 30 seconds of storytelling. Um, but uh, I dug the twist at the end where he goes back to the wrong universe and it sent him to where the spider came from. Mm-hmm not to his real universe. I wasn't catching it at first. Then I was like, oh, well, they were like, what's wrong with your hair? And I was like, oh, shit. That's what happened. Uh, so little, they were still able to get little twists like that in there that I I, I very much appreciate. Well, and, and they didn't cheat either because we see the spider glitching in the first movie. I just never yeah. really connected that why was something from another universe in this universe because we didn't know what that was at the time. We, and exactly. the movie has so many weird stylistic quirks that we're not used to that you're not necessarily thinking about the like the logical ramifications of this thing that we're seeing. And then and you see the sequel is like, oh shit, they clearly knew what they were doing there. Yeah, the, the glitch means you're in the wrong universe. The spider was in the wrong universe. This is excellent stuff, folks. These are the details that we're not getting anymore in some of these movies which shall remain nameless um, because they're more just cookie cutter getting churned out for money-making purposes. This was a this is a crafted story that I appreciate. So, like I said, I, I can't say this movie was better than the first one because it's not even a whole, this is not a whole movie. You can't even bullshit to me this is a whole movie. You can bullshit to me Infinity Wars, it's whole movie you can I, I will take some you know yes it had some setup uh done in other movies that feed it but it kind of does resolve as much as you can resolve a point or an a and a b movie uh this movie is just flat out we tried to make one long movie and we thought it was too long so we just threw a to be continued banner up on it like that's kind of what happened with <laughs> yeah. this movie so I, I can't, I have to, I, you know, I, I have to keep my morals here. The first movie kind of resolved itself. Well, so, and there is that? a little bit of fear that we're looking at Back to the Future Part 3 as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah totally. I mean, I, how do you top this? Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. and But, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm more confident in saying that Across is better because having rewatched the first one again, as much as I liked it that first time, it, it does feel like it, I'm, I'm complaining about how long Across is, but Into is a little too short. Like they, they, we don't spend enough time with Uncle Aaron. We don't spend enough time with Miles. There isn't enough time period between when the other spiders jump him and when he has his leap of faith. Uh, you know, Hello Danger. Um, but I still got chills when I was watching the Hello Danger sequence and seeing him jump off the building yeah. and, and find his groove finally and stuff. But then at the same time, once they actually start fucking around the the uh, uh, collider and he's spending all that time fighting the kingpin, there's too much time on that. Whereas with this movie, I think as much as I wanted it to be shorter, most what I wanted them to do is cut out the extra number of endings and just leave that to the sequel. Uh, at two hours or so, it really unfurls. It, 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 I don't think you there was any shortcuts. They, they took the time they needed to tell the story they needed to tell, and they really told it effectively. And especially setting up, you know, Miles as being the the aberration, the person that doesn't 
long. They set up how, you know, the meta text there and the fact that, you know, this kid has, has always felt out of place. He's always, you know, had to live between two worlds. There's always been people who want to sideline him and, and uh, disqualify him. And when he's on that train and he looks at Miguel O'Hara and Miguel's trying to tell him how it's going to be. And he's like, nah, nah, I ain't doing it like that. He's so fucking cool. It's one of the things I like about Miles Morales is Peter has to be such a fucking basic bitch every man all the time that I just get so fucking tired of his ass and his fucking old ass granny with her fucking rice cakes and shit like that. I like that Miles can actually be cool. I want my heroes to be cool. I don't want them to be fucking boring, bland people. And I love the fucking attitude. And I love the, the weight of those small amount of words. But just the way he looks at Miguel and the way he says those words and the fact that you, he tells you too, oh, by the way, I've actually, I wasn't running scared. I was outsmarting you motherfuckers. This was my plan and you followed my plan to the motherfucking letter. Fucking boss, man. I love that shit. This is a cool Spider-Man and I know a lot of people bitch about, oh, Andrew Garfield's too cool. I want a cool Spider-Man. I don't want a fucking lame boy Spider-Man. I know that that's something that's important for a lot of nerds who are living vicariously through the dude in the suit. But me personally, I want, I enjoy my characters to be cool. I, I enjoy my characters to be badasses and smart and, and this is the kind of Spider-Man that I can get behind. I'll also say I really love that they call it a canon event mm, because that's such a comic book term. Right. And it's like that's part of his canon. You can't remove the canon event. That's the, you know, and I'm just like, nobody else in here understands why they call it a, co- a canon event, but that's, it's a comic book term. Mm-hmm. It's a comic book continuity term. Oh, And it's so, so great too, because again, since they're drawing all these Spider-Man from the comics, you know, the vast majority of these exist and they exist because Spider-Man is a hugely popular character and you just can't help but collect all this weird stuff when you're that popular. Like one of the reasons why I didn't want to see the first movie is because all the shit with the multiverse and having this one pivotal figure that's represented throughout all the universes feels very DC and it feels very Superman. But what's so great about these stories is they know that Spider-Man isn't Superman and they play to Spider-Man's strengths and it feels much more overwhelming when you've got all this cosmic stuff going on and you got a bunch of people who are just fucking web slinging. You know, it doesn't feel, these guys aren't moving planets and shit. You don't know how safe you are. You know that they are out of their depth in dealing with this and it creates great, much greater tension. And again, Spider-Man can't help being a hugely popular character with a Japanese version and a dune buggy from when that was a big deal and all this, yeah. it just very much like Superman. He just clicked all this shit, but they found a way, a novel way of getting it all in to the canon and making it work. And it's just so pathetic, really, when you look at what, even what they were doing in 2018, and it was so much smaller. When you go back and you watch the movie, it's just like the five fucking variants. It's, it's nothing. But then you look at how... Edges, uh, Into the Spider-Verse came out and then Marvel started their multiverse saga and you know all of Phase 4 is supposed to be part of that we're entering into Phase 5 so we've got all these movies all these TV shows that are all trying to do the same thing and they're doing it so much worse than these cartoons have done and the, the cartoons understand what they're doing so much better and they have a much more valid reason for doing the things that they're doing it's important for Spider-Man to be represented this way because this is part of the lore this is the, the expanse of this hugely popular character and they're able to explore that where it's just not going to have the same impact that you've got Alligator Loki and Richard E. Grant Loki and Black Loki. You know, it's just not the same fucking thing as it is with Spider-Man having legit things that have been in multimedia for 50, 60 years now. You know, it's just, it's, it's a whole other level. And Marvel could have still pulled this off if they had had the thought, if they had a clear vision of what the multiverse was supposed to be and what they were working towards. But you know they're fucking making it up as they go along and you know it doesn't make sense and, and it contradicts itself. And you can't do this 
with non-iconic characters. We don't care about a multiverse of Ant-Man. We don't care about a multiverse of fucking, I don't know, Shang-Chi, you know? It's like, and, and even with Thor, they're not really exploring that with Thor. We haven't seen a bunch of Thor variants. They haven't done anything with that. So here's one of the only guys that's kind of iconic that's still in the MCU, and they're not doing anything with that. Uh, Captain America, all we've got so far is uh, Sam Wilson being the new Cap. You know, it, I guess that's a variant of sorts, but it's not playing into the multiverse stuff. And I don't really want it to because I want the the Cap stuff to be grounded, but they just can't pull it off the way that the Spider-Verse is pulling it off. And I think especially once that second movie comes or the second part comes out, even if it sucks, it's still going to be so much better than anything they've done in the multiversity saga at the MCU. And we've got all these more movies coming out that's going to continue to explore this fucking tapped out, shriveled, junky vein of concept. It's just going to be fucking torture, I think, getting through phase five if they continue in the direction they're, they're going, especially after being completely show, outshone by Spider-Verse. Yeah, I think, uh, well, right. And, and they're doing it in less movies with mm-hmm. a lower budget, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not like, well, they didn't have the budget to really pull. What are you talking about? They, they didn't have, they just didn't have the pure backbone of storytelling. They didn't have the effort of storytelling to really coordinate this like, like they've done it. Yeah, the I mean, clarity just, of vision. Like, My understanding right. is I think the sequel cost about $10 million more than the first one. Like some pathetic. Pathetic, yeah. nothing amount of money uh, from one to the and, and again just time wise CGI running more like I, I think the first movie is two hours and this one's two twenty so for ten million more dollars I got twenty minute more minutes of and uh, and a fucking factor expansion of what they were trying to accomplish in the first movie it's just incredible what they've done I will say though just because we did just shit all over the MCU version of this with good reason no I'm not I'm not debating anything you say um, we're rewatching Loki and Loki's fantastic that it's, it's such a good show ignore the rest of the entire moral like we're not to the final episode where we meet kang or he who shall not be named or whatever but the actual show itself of the the time authority and loki chasing his own variant and then kind of falling in love with himself and all and all this stuff it's it's just really really good it's top-notch uh disney plus television show where it feels like this probably could have just been a movie and i think it would have done really well uh, so to me, that's the of their multiverse stuff. That's the best one so far. Uh, multiverse of Madness, I like because it's so Sam Raimi, and um, they do at least go to different worlds. And there are multiple Doctor Stranges, and there's multiple versions of the Avengers, and there's you know what I mean. Yeah, they I, I really dig the ultimate, the alternate version of Avengers uh, or Illuminati, I guess they would be. Yeah, uh, but also I'm really glad that was a one-off thing. I don't want to see those fuckers collected again. But it was cool in that one movie in that one instance. Right, but like the stuff ant-man did is not at all multiverse they're just in the quantum realm mm-hmm. with weird stuff like that's not even multiverse but kang's all in it but all it is they're just in some shrunken world like it's total limp dick you know there weren't going to be multiple ant-men it's just you just went to a shrunken world mm-hmm. you know what i mean they, they're not even buying into their own concept so at least at least the multiverse of madness there was you know wanda kind of kind of like into the spider versus plot where she's trying to get her kids mm-hmm. so she's going to different multiverses to get her dead kids back or whatever uh you know that's like Kingpin was doing. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's true. The, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uh, that's really the only multiverse story they've actually told outside of Loki in the different branches of the timeline with variants. I don't think any of this stuff has even, although we've supposed to have had two whole fa- or a phase and now the beginning of a next phase where they're talking about this stuff. Really, Loki and Doctor Strange are the only ones that have even really touched it, at least in its truest sense, in my opinion. And I but. did love they, they even managed to reference that in Across the Spider-Verse. I love that they managed to reference No Way yeah, Home. Doctor Strange. And like, oh, shit. 
shit, it is all connected. Even the Sony universe is connected. Yeah. Man, it, gotcha it, again, fuckers. Yeah, but but also what's sad is like so hyped about this movie and you know the fact that they're talking about doing live action stuff with Spider Gwen and Miles Morales and shit. But it's like, oh yeah, what's coming up over at Sony? Fucking Craven the Hunter and Madam Web. So it's like, oh okay, no, no, we're gonna be go right back into the Morbius shit almost immediately after this. Uh, I would say the only miss from this movie, and there's a chance is that we didn't get the Eddie Brock in here. Mm. Right? Like Eddie Brock was no was nowhere. Shouldn't Eddie Brock pop up at some point? Is he not a Spider-Man variant in a universe at some point? Um, it's all very confusing. Put, they, I, I was really glad to see Childish Gambino and the fact they have yeah. all those little like live action bits in there, just to completely like where they they it it there was some liquid television in this mix, you know, where this was like fuck it, we're gonna throw everything at you. I'm just googling across Spider Verse with Venom. Maybe we missed it somewhere, but uh, I that's mm-hmm. the one thing I don't think if, if, if Venom's in there at all, it's it's so microscopic that. It wouldn't be relevant. Oh, the Miss Chin, who is at the um, the quickie store manager when he pops into one of the worlds. Oh, is, that, is she from the? She's from Venom. I is guess. she the the uh, person running the shop with the dried up turd blowing in the yeah. wind? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I've only seen the first Venom, and I've only seen it once, so I'm not an expert on that one. I've never seen it. Yeah. But I knew she had to be somebody because I thought I heard some people make some noise in the theater. But um, I thought for a second, since she's Asian. I'm sorry, folks. It's just what, how it happens. I thought maybe she was from uh, what was the anywhere, everywhere, anywhere, all at oh, once. Oh wow! Like maybe yeah, they, maybe they popped person, into that yeah. universe for a second. But I'm like, nah, I think that's a little too deep of a cut. I'm not so sure they did that. So this explains it. Boy, but yeah, yeah that, me- that, that's a thing too. I've got to think about which of those two movies I think are the best multiverse movie, because before this, it was a, it was a lock for anything. You know, the uh, the Michelle uh, uh, movie. But um, now I'm not sure. I have to think about it now. Which one is the best of them? Anyway, that's my that's on my wish list for the next movie. Give me give me some. Venom Eddie Brock. At least a cameo. You got to have Venom. So he's the OG Spider-Man variant. Let's uh, let's give some respect to the guy here. And Sony has his rights. Uh, right? well, so actually, I, I bought Marvel Tales when it came out, and uh, Spider-Ham is a little bit more OG than that. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, that's it. It's a good movie, folks. Go see it. No, I, I have no complaints other than that it wasn't a whole movie, <laughs> but it was still so good. I can't. I can't even like really gripe about that. So whatever. Uh, one other thing I thought about too is. How bad they fuck up when they fired Lord and Miller from uh, Solo? As fucking lame a movie as that was, and then you've seen all these movies they've done that they just fucking blow everybody's minds and they're awesome movies, and they decided they didn't want that magic in fucking Star Wars. What a moronic choice that was! What what, what how short sighted and and cowardly that that and, and, and self sabotaging. Oh, hold on, maybe maybe Venom is in it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I could be wrong. Let me read. Let me read. You can delete this in a second. Oh, damn it. Now there's an ad popping up. Never mind. I'm off this website. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. They fucked up. These guys are really, really good. I'm, I'm like, I'm signed. I wish they would come over to Marvel and do like an Iron Man animated movie. Why are we not just, just scrap all of this MCU bullshit and have these guys start doing animated <laughs> MCU movies? You, I'm sure you can get Robert Downey Jr. to come back and do voice work. Surely you can do voice work for Robert Downey Jr. If not, just get the guy that does the Lego Tony Stark that sounds like a knockoff of him. <laughs> He's like best value Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> it would be nice if they could do like an animated series or something to like fill in the adventures we didn't get to see because they were so busy telling us epic stories they couldn't tell us like the cool in-between stuff. Yeah, but but not some Disney Plus bullshit. No, not Disney Plus bullshit. I'm talking about like, well, I mean, sure, it could be but Disney Plus, be. but not like for the kids, but like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much would be what it was. Then, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah I, I want to see. It, I want to see it in uh, the big theater. Mm. 
I think if you're paying the money to get Robert Downey Jr. back, you're not putting it on Disney Plus. But whatever, I don't think it's not happening. Yeah, whatever. I, unless he licenses himself to some sort of fucking AI like <laughs> right. Bruce, like Bruce Willis did, then they can just shit these things out all day. But yeah, whatever. Anyway, guys, good movie. <laughs> Permanent Marvelite Maximus followers include Casey Nieve, Cicely Gamil, Colleen Sauger, Gregory Bouchard, Kitos 2, Linux Rubash, Nick Scratch, Paula Diorio, Quattro Mundo 4, Rosie May Bean, Shala Proctor, Shane Brimfield, and Tammy Ferryman. Tumblr True Believers include Ask Blog, Ask the Characters Listed If You'd Like to Interact, at Gilded Gourd, and Moss at Moss Anthem Time. Keepers of the Favorites Flame include Artificial Twins, Capital Gain Income, Chris A. Field, Otherverse Games, Chris Dunford, Chrome Hearts, Comic Book Nostalgia, Dun Chef, Dirk Ashton is finally finishing Kraken Rider Z, Ed Moore, Josh Cardwell, Julia Raul Rainbow Edition, Ladies of Mischief Wrestling Fan Page and Gaming, Lori Miller Art and Music Creator, Mad Dragon, Manju Kalida Borgohain, Marvel Universe Online Project, Melda Rosica, Movie Matt Sirois, Nao, Nick Scratch, Nick Spence, Nucky Cheese. Sakurabi Project, Oc9J3XDALBSCGC, Podcaster Lounge, Rihanna Mike, Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Rio Hatfield, Scott X, Shanna Banana, and William Voyage. Retweet frantic ones include Between the Pages Blog, CH, Divinity Rising, and Talk Nerdy to Me. Max Apocalypse was our enough sayer. I really like when they make an actual poster for a movie instead of a Photoshop collage traffic jam. I think he was referring to our that was featured on the uh, Twitter solicitations for listeners. Uh, unfortunately, I think that the art he's referring to is probably not from one of the actual movie posters. I think that was a fan-produced piece. So I like the fan stuff too. Face front, true believers. Stan Lee presents the Merry Marching Society of the Marvel Superhero Podcast. Billy Hines, Canoes, Chris Lydon, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, Dr. Irving Forbush, Eugene R. Hendricks, voice actor, home studio, Gregory Litchfield, The Hammer Strikes, Random Geeky Stuff, History of Comics on Film, I Was Joe Is, JMT Productions, Keith G. Baker, Max Apocalypse, Randy Caldwell, Richard Field, Satin Tights, a one one podcast, Superbound, Tony S. Endurance Revive, and Zandrock. This has been a non-for-profit fan production from Rolled Spine Podcast. Any copyrighted material presented herein are presumed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. I, I saw that, okay, the new Spider-Man 3 looks pretty cool. I know they're doing a Fantastic Four movie. It, it's just hilarious to me to look at Spider-Man 3 because they were supposed to, what, what they're doing with that movie, they were supposed to do with Flashpoint. And they pilly fucked around for so long that Marvel caught up and surpassed them. And now, whatever they do with Flashpoint, it doesn't matter if you got Michael Keaton playing uh, one of the Batman or something. Yeah. They're already going to look like secondhand, you know, leftovers once well, Spider Man 3 is done with honest, bringing everybody Marvel back. It, Marvel did it earlier when they did Spider Man and the Multiverse one. I agreed, that, but that was still an animation. True. This is but taking I, it to a live action believe, place that nobody's ever believe, gone before. I believe that was kind of like to test the water. To see how the audiences re- react when mm-hmm. you're like, well, there's all these multiverses, you know, is you know, can the audience follow that? 
and people fucking it's one of my favorite animation movies yeah. to watch. I mean, I watch that movie at least once a month. I fucking absolutely adore that movie. So I think they're like, you know what? We can do that. I I I personally am really excited. I know you're not a big Spider-Man fan. I want to see what it looks like when Tommy Maguire swings in and Garfield swings in and you have fucking Doc Ock and fucking Green Goblin like and yeah. Sandman. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like that's going to be kind of cool. I hated uh, uh, Far From Home. I thought that movie just was trash. Uh, I just every, everything about it. It was just a, a, a 90 minute sitcom. It, I think it thought it fucking sucked. And I had absolutely no interest in seeing a third act of that shit. But when you're, it's just such a stunt and it's going to be, what's cool about the Spider-Man is they're all still young enough and good enough shape. You could actually have them all do action set pieces and shit nowadays where you can't be having Michael Keaton jump off of all kinds of shit and punching people all over the place and stuff like that. That's too much to ask of the man. Well, if you have um, Michael Keaton coming, he's going to do the Frank Miller Batman. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the old grizzly sure. one. Sure. But the, the point is though, is that there's, there's never been a movie like what, this Spider-Man movie is going to be. And you're, you're right. I do think that both Mar- Sony and Marvel wanted to have their cake and eat it too, where they, they want to have a divorce and separate what Sony's going to be doing with what Marvel's doing. But they also wanted to be amicable and they wanted to maybe have access in the future. And um, they wanted to have a partition, I think. And I, I, I obviously into the Spider-Verse contributed to that. But this last Spider-Man movie is going to really bring home, pound home that look, Spider-Man is still kind of the Marvel universe, but if they're going to do shit with Venom and Morbius, that's not Marvel. That's a Marvel adjacent. That's in another universe. I think it's a good way of, again, everybody's happy. Every it's, it's, it happens, but this doesn't affect what we're doing. So, you know, I think it's a smart play. I, I think this is just Marvel's or Sony's way of being like, you can play with our toys as long as we get a cut. Like, Let's be honest. Sony was not cranking out movies like what Spider-Man's making. The, mm-hmm. mo- the money they're making on those movies, Sony hasn't seen that in a long time. They mm-hmm. haven't had anything that people were losing their shit mm-hmm. on. I know you didn't like the last Far From Home. I loved it. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was fucking fantastic. I love the whole twist to it. I love the ending. It's one of my kids' favorite fucking movies to watch over and over and over because he loves fucking Mysterio, the whole scenes. Um I think I think the spider I think it's it's a smart play. You have all these different Spider-Mans come in. You kind of bridge all the movies together. Um, it's gonna reignite people. I mean, my kid makes fun. We watched the old Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. the seventies uh, ones. No, 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 no. The uh, Tobey Maguire one. Okay, and he was just like, I remember the first one. He was like. He's not high school. He's not – was he? What tell me? He's too old to be in high school. Yeah. The first one, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I mean, Tommy McGuire was way too fucking old, dude. Mm-hmm. I, now that I see it, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude. Like, he has crow's feet. Like, what the fuck? What's wrong? <laughs> this is wrong. But he, my kid did like – he really did like the second one a lot more with uh, Doc Ock. He thought Doc Ock was just a cool character. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there talking, and he, wanted, he was asking me all these questions about Doc Ock. Um, well, there was a long no time there where uh, Spider-Man 2 was a lot of people's favorite superhero movie for a long time there. Oh, yeah, it was mine, too, yeah. for a long time. I, I, But that was more – it's one of those um, Dark Knight moments where, like, everyone loves the one with Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. If you rewatch – like, the first Batman Begins, I really didn't realize how boring it is. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It's him chasing yeah, uh, the I, fucking – I'll huh? tell you my story real quick. Uh, there was a – 
a, a garage sale, I think it was, or maybe it was a community sale. Like, you know how they all those neighborhood sales? Yeah. Like a decade ago uh, when I was still, uh, I had a roommate and stuff. And so I happened to find a $2 copy of Batman Begins. And I'd seen it theatrically with you, as I recall correctly. So I'm like, okay, for two bucks, I'll buy Batman Begins. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I'll, I'll do it. And so I bought it and I took it over to my father's place and I put it in his uh, DVD player, uh, one I didn't have anything better to do. And I passed the fuck out on that thing within the first act. And I've never even tried to watch it again since because it's just, I found it, I didn't think it was great seeing it theatrically and trying to watch it at home. I was bored and I passed out. So that's that's my review. I probably would agree on you that I like I said I tried to rewatch them one day. I was doing I in the last when uh when quarantine was really in effect, I was doing like these fucking marathons where like I watched the extended versions of Lord of the Rings. Fuck, that was a trial. <laughs> like I like <laughs> the movies, but Jesus Christ, man, yeah. that was like almost 3 hours each, like 9 hours for a fucking day. Uh, I rewatched all the Harry Potter movies. Um, I did the original trilogy, Spy- uh, Star Wars. Um, that's when me and my kid watched the first three Spider-Mans. Or not the first three, but the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just doing stuff like that. And so I was one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch the fucking, uh, what's his name? The fucking director. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. The Nolan's Batman. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch him. I remember enjoying him quite a bit. I'm watching the first one. I'm like. God damn, this movie's fucking boring. Like, mm-hmm. Holy shit. Like, it's it's the fucking scarecrow. Like, and it just, it was really slow. And I don't, I guess maybe because we hadn't seen a Batman like that at the time, but it was really slow. Second one, the Joker, I'm sorry, man. Heath Ledger made that fucking movie. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed it when he was on screen. I was like, okay. Then I watched the third one and I'm like, wow, Bane is really shitty in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. So I was kind of taken aback because I remember having the Nolan movies on a bit of a pedestal for a while because mm-hmm. i was like oh they're fantastic and i'm like uh, one out of three not a great score for these films like, no no like i mean i agree with you I, I think that the first batman of the nolan cycle was dull it was fine it was okay especially for its time i don't think it holds up great in re- retrospect yeah uh, the the my my review of the dark knight is that it was playing a lot on cable when we first got cable and it was one of those movies where it would suck me in and I would end up watching 20, 30 minutes of it without even trying. Um, because it's just a really well-made movie. Even though I hate Heath Ledger's take on the Joker, I hate the Paul Giamatti impersonation. Um, but I have to admit too, that at, when I'm watching him on screen, I'm not seeing Heath Ledger. I'm seeing the character he's portraying regardless yeah. of how I feel about that character. Um, it's just a really well-made movie. Um, Batman, no, sorry, The Dark Knight. Um, what was it? The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. Yeah. That was playing on cable when we had a road trip. And so we'd go to the hotel rooms and, and, you know, they have a limited selection of channels. And it just so happened that it seemed like that movie was on every night, no matter what hotel we went to. And I'd watch a few minutes of it. And I would like anytime they had Catwoman on screen, I tended to like it. And virtually anything else is like, this is the stupidest fucking shit. It was a, it's just a badly written movie. Setting aside anything else as far as how it was made, how it was acted. Although I don't think the acting in that movie is that good either. But the, the just at a script level, it's so poorly written that I, I can't give it the time of day. And so I would watch like five or ten minutes, like hate watching it, and then I'd just fucking find something to do while I was stuck in a hotel room. Oh, real quick, um, went to a we went to a um, like a just to get out of the house, like a thrift store, not a thrift mm-hmm. store, like a like a flea market, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of like there was like four or five booths that had like comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, and and they were they it was kind of cool. They had tape on the ground where like 
it, it was really weird watching nerds trying to our people trying to like stand in these lines because you know you're going through a long box so mm-hmm. you take a while yeah so people are like going through a long box and then you have to sit there and wait for the guy to go through the long box because they don't want you to be like three feet away from him so right. they, they kind of taped it up so you had literally a line of guys just waiting just to go through long boxes and you know some of these assholes are sitting there they got their fucking list mm-hmm. and they're like checking their list i'm like god damn it dude it's a flop you motherfucker <laughs> so i kind of bypassed all them and they had a bunch of like the dvds and some blu-rays i i did pick up a really cool uh remember those like um they're kind of like metal they're made out of metal the little marvel i guess they're like chess pieces at one time mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. came with a booklet i got this really great um Super Scroll. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. this side story. Well, anyway, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the Eagle Moss uh, imports, right? Which ones? Eagle Moss. They're, they're about, I don't know, two or three inches tall. They yeah. have a base on them. They yeah. come with the magazine that tells you about the character. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're imports from the UK. No way. Yeah, I've, I've got some of those. Dude, I got like two of them. I got my two two of my favorite villains, the Absorbing Man, and I got uh, the Super Scroll. So I got you know, it came with the magazine, which was great because it breaks down their entire history. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, anyway, so he has a bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays, so I'm kind of going through them. And this dude, you know, I, he's hurting. He's he's making deals. You know, I bought a couple of Marvel Legends. I didn't need them, but, he, you know, he had a bunch of them, and I knew he needed – you know, he's kind of, like, trying to make deals. So I'm like, hey, 10? He's like, 10 works. So I had bought maybe, like, 20, 30 bucks from him. This was just kind of, like, a little extra money I had. And I'm looking at the movies. I'm like He told me, you see any movies in there? I'll cut you a deal on them. So I'm going through his movies. Um, nothing great. And then I find Batman Returns Blu-ray with like all the fixings on it. I'm like, how much for this one? And he was like, dude, you've been so cool today. Five bucks. So I bought the uh, Batman Returns Blu-ray. Rewatched it. It's a damn good movie. You are correct, my friend. Uh, that, that wasn't me. I haven't watched that one. Yes. Dude, Batman Returns. I've never, I've never watched. Oh, 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 oh! You mean oh, Batman Returns? You talking about from '92? Yes. yes, my favorite Batman movie. Yes, I love that. The one you kept telling me about. It's I was like, so, I've it's, seen it's it. funny. I it's, saw it like once in the theaters, mm-hmm. and you kept talking about it. And like, I saw it in the theaters with Pussycat like so long ago. I don't remember the movie at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember whenever you see a fucking you know comic book movie list, and they show like the Danny DeVito penguin as like the most disturbing penguin. I've seen it those clips, but I've never seen the whole movie. So I picked it up for five bucks, and I remember thinking, I'm going to watch this movie because Frank is always talking about how great this movie is. So one day, I just was just doing some stuff around the house. I'm like, I'm going to take a break here. Let me throw it on. And it's a damn good movie. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit, this movie's fucking twisted and fun. It's kinky, and it's weird, and it's dark, and it's got great music. The way she kills that villain at the end Mm -hmm. was fucked up. Yeah, give my mind. Christopher Walken gets killed in that movie. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's got Christopher fucking Walken in it. Yeah. Case closed, dude. I was like, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, why did why did we not get a third of these fucking movies? Mm-hmm. Like, and she was supposed to fantastic. do a solo Catwoman movie for years after that, and it just never materialized. And really? ultimately, we got the Halle Berry one instead. Dude, she, Michelle Pfeiffer was fucking amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito is fucking brilliant mm-hmm. as the Penguin. I I'm sorry, dude. Fucking. Um, What's his name? Pretty boy. Uh, in the new Batman movie. Oh, they got fucking Colin Farrell. Yeah. Colin and Farrell better, be, better, better bring his fucking A game. I But here's the thing about Colin Farrell is I slept on that dude for years. He's a pretty excellent character actor. Oh, no, no, no. I love a lot of his movies, dude. Mm-hmm. The the one I saw with uh, Mac, the six assassins mm-hmm. or... 
The, the problem but, with Colin Farrell is they kept trying to turn him into the next Tom Cruise, and he's a character actor. Yeah. And that's where he works best when he's doing when he's doing character work, when he's able to do people that are a little off and stuff. Well, I just – Danny DeVito's Penguin is just fucking disturbing. Mm-hmm. Just the way he talks, his mannerisms was fucking disturbing. And, and I'm Ke- like – Keaton's performance is so much it, better like, than that dude, one. I could see I, – I, I understood why – Warner Brothers got freaked out a mm-hmm. little bit by this because I'm like, there's no way you could make a toy from this. Well, like, th- that was the problem is that after the strength of the 89 movie, he had Happy Meals for Batman Returns and then p- parents were seeing it and freaking out about the content. And so that's why they didn't want to do another Burton movie and why they started, you know, really coming down on him. And that that Schumacher and all Schumacher. that other garbage, yeah. Because yeah. they wanted to make sure they could keep making Happy Meals and Dude, Burton that, was threatening that. Yeah, so... But what, yeah, one thing I think I'm, is very I'm important. Glad, that I'm movie. glad you told me to watch that movie, yeah. dude. That's I definitely put that on the top shelf with the good DVD or the good Blu-rays. <laughs> so I'm like, that's like I remember telling myself that's a movie I will definitely return to because I own the first Batman. Batman '89 is my Batman. Mm-hmm. Like that will always be my Batman. Michael Keaton will always be my Batman, and Jack Nicholson will always be my Joker. You know, those are just I I remember going to the theater like eight fucking times to see that movie. I had the fucking Batman T-shirt. I had the fucking Batman logo cut into my hair. <laughs> uh, like, I was all in on fucking Batman 89. That is my fucking Batman. I'm so disappointed that I, I saw Returns only once in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Did I see what? I don't even think I saw what Pussy got. I don't think I was with her yet. No, nah, because it was 92, man. That was a little early. Yeah. Who did I? I might I might. I saw it with a girlfriend. I remember because mm-hmm. I went with a girl and... I just remember being annoyed because they were asking me like a thousand questions about this, that, and this. And I'm just like, I, I don't have time to explain this to you. Like, I wanted to watch it. You came along. I fucked myself on this deal. But I just, dude, great movie. So yeah. good pick, man. And uh, that was written by the guy who wrote Heathers, too, which probably didn't Really? Hurt. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, Daniel Waters. Daniel Waters. Okay. Cause I, he also did see, Hudson I, Hawk, I want to go but... back and I want to list. I want to, they have like a bunch of, uh, like commentary and like a mini documentary. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and watch all that shit because I'm really interested. I thought the whole the circus shit was fucking twisted, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that really kicked up the creep factor, especially when they're attacking the city. Mm-hmm. Like that really kicked up the creep factors. I was like, that was really, I was pleasantly surprised how good that movie was. Yeah, all of a sudden you're watching the Batman movie and all of a sudden you get a season of American Horror Story walked into your movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude, it just. And I, I, I kind of like the way when Penguin dies mm-hmm. and the penguins take him into the water and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, just fucking like weird and immense. Like I, that's to me when um, oh fucking what's his name? The Dave director. DeVito? No, the director. Oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. To me, that was fun. Tim Burton. Yeah, that's before he got his head way the hell up its ass. Yeah. Yeah, that was like Tim Burton really expanding his views like that's that's one of those moments where you take you see these great artists and they take a a, a character and they kind of twist it up in their in their art style and you're like damn that's cool looking like that's a different look so i just i loved it well, so, and it's also you, funny because it's so goofy and at the same time it's kind of poignant and poetic and it's like but well, it's just I, the I fucking the penguin you know the it's so weird angry because they both kind of came from the same circles mm-hmm. but because he looked away, and dude Fucking Paul Rubin is his dad. <laughs> fucking Pee Wee, dude. I started laughing when I saw that. I'm like, is that fucking Pee Wee? And I think that Holy was post shit, job too. I think that was after he'd already like flamed out in his career. Really? Yeah. Wow, dude, that's great, dude. Uh, like, I, I, I tremendously enjoyed watching that movie. Like, 
I, I, I think I was going to text you that night. I didn't finish watching it because that night I was doing some shit. I think I finished. It was like on a weekday. I was off on a weekday mm-hmm. and I finished watching it. It was like 2.30 in the morning. I was going to text him. I'm like, nah, he's probably asleep or he's at work. So I'll, no, I'll just hit him up another day. And I totally forgot. So right now we're talking about, it. oh, I got to bring up the fucking Batman DVD, Batman Returns. And the reason why I wasn't catching what you're saying, I was, I was trying to look at myself to see what Eagle Mosses I had. I've got the Atom. I've got Ra's al Ghul, Killer Croc, Ambush Bug, and both the classic and New 52 Martian Manhunter. Those are the ones I've got. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got, like I said, I want I want to pick up a couple of more. They're fucking great looking little, like. Yeah, Ambush Bug is so action. cool because he's reading the magazine that came with him. Who? Ambush Bug. Oh, really? Yeah, he's reading the magazine that came with him. I just like the ones, like, the one I have is with the uh, Super Scrolls. He's doing, like, this uppercut, mm-hmm. and he has, like, the Thing's arm on flames. Hey, didn't I give you the Absorbing Man? No. I could have sworn I, I gave you an Absorbing Man one. Oh, no, no. Okay. You get, no, I bought that one there because that dude had a bunch of them. But those, I mean, I feel bad. He sold them to me for, like, three bucks. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, that's a good deal because usually, I mean, they, they retail for something like 15 Oh, really? Uh, and usually, even if you can get them clearance, they're closer to five to seven. So three bucks is a good deal. Damn, I should have picked up more then. Yeah. Uh, I spent quite a bit with it, but he was cool. And so, and I picked up some Marvel Legend characters from him that I didn't need, but I was like, just trying to help a dude out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all struggling. <laughs> all right, next. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was trying to be quick. It didn't work out that well. Um, but thankfully, I don't think the Angela is going to take us too long. So I'll, I'll just do the mail real quick. 